Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. You know, can we do something together? There's, you know, Christmas season. A lot of people come through church during the holidays, and not just our church, churches all across the country, all around the world. They, you know, first time they'll ever step in the doors, maybe the only time that they'll come in to the doors during Christmas season. Can we pray for the salvation of souls that, that those that come through not just our doors, but through through the doors of any church or have any encounter with the message of Christ that we would just see, you know, in this, this day and age of depravity on escalation and, and the judgment, impending judgment of God coming, you know, I, to me, we need as believers to intercede more than ever, pray and intercede and evangelize more than ever. Lord, so together, we come together, Lord, and we ask you for the salvation. Lord, you said ask for the heathen as your inheritance. Lord, we're asking. We ask for the heathen as our inheritance. Lord, the lost. Those, Lord, that will encounter the gospel message maybe for the first time during this holiday season. Lord, that you would open their eyes to the truth. The reality of the gospel would penetrate their hearts. Lord, that every wall, every excuse, Lord, every hindrance, Lord, would melt in your presence. Lord, that your inescapable grace would grab hold of their life. Lord, we pray that you would, as it were, put a hook in their mouth and draw them in. Lord, as, as a fish in the, caught in the net, Lord, they'd not be able to escape the reality of the gospel. Lord, we thank you for souls. Lord, for lost family members represented in our church. Lord, that you would convict them. Lord, the reality of, of the gospel would penetrate the darkness of their heart. Lord, that the light of the gospel, the joyous news that a Christ has come, that Christ has come would become reality in their heart, Lord. God, we thank you for souls, Lord, not just religious knowledge or experience, but Lord, true Christianity, the reality of Christ in their life. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, even in our church, in our area, Lord, we thank you for harvest of souls, a harvest of lost people. Lord, we thank you for harvest of the lost coming in, in Jesus' name. Lord, help us. Lord, we thank you that every ounce of power we need to reach the lost, you've deposited within us, you've given us, you've made available to us. So Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to be faithful, that we would be witnesses. (laughs) We've received power to be witnesses unto you. Lord, help us to be witnesses fully engaged, fully engaged in reaching the lost. Help each one of us, Lord, this holiday season, Lord, this Christmas as we celebrate your birth, Lord, let it not just be another religious event on our calendar, but Lord, we would engage personally in soul winning. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you can give your neighbor a high five and be seated. Give them a hug, high five, shake their hand, whatever you want to do. Just don't hurt them too bad. Hallelujah. It's Christmas season. It is, my, it is my 
favorite time of the year. <laughs> I love celebrating the birth of Christ. I love celebrating the, the plan of redemption that came born in a stable for me. <laughs> so if you are not happy yet this morning, I pray that the word of the Lord and the good tidings of great joy will be upon you this morning. Oh, she caught my say. I pray that the good, good tidings of great joy will get all over you this morning. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. If somebody stole your turkey leg this weekend, <laughs> I promise the good tidings of great joy can get all over you. <laughs> you might need it. <laughs> hallelujah. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're starting today our Advent series on the, on the revelation of the hope that we find in Jesus Christ, hope revealed. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to embark on this journey the next three or four weeks. Today we're going to take a look at the cradle, next week we're going to take a look at the cross, and the following week we'll take a look at the crown. And uh, that should put us the week of Christmas, and the week of Christmas is Simeon's moment, so don't I'll be preaching an illustrated message is Simeon. If you don't know who Simeon is, he's found in Luke chapter 2 as well, but I'm not going to give you any sneak peeks. You just need to go read your Bible. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I pray that this morning you will make your word alive. Lord, that this won't just be another Christmas story, Lord. This, this, this message, Lord, won't just be another Christmas encounter, Lord, in, in the Bible, Lord, and not reality for us. I pray, God, that you would give us ears. Yeah, Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, let us, let us smell the, the smells, the aromas of Christmas and the, hear, the, hear the sounds of the, of the city streets in Bethlehem at the time of your birth. Lord, help us, help us to see the reality of this gospel message, Lord, that was proclaimed at your birth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with the angel who... Ha, 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 ha. I, all of a sudden, you know, if one angel wasn't enough, <laughs> they couldn't help themselves. <laughs> they couldn't help themselves. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. 
You know, it had been 400, you know, <laughs> I, I, this is, this is the gospel message. This is the great news of, of great joy message for you and I, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. This peace, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Glory to God in the highest. 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 Woo! Jesus, that was, that was the message. I, I'm sorry if I get happy. That was, that was the Christmas message. That was the Christmas message. This baby that was born in a stable. This baby that was born in a stable for you. He was coming to be the conquering king. He was coming to be the propitiation for our sins. This, this baby, this little baby, this, this little baby, this God, man, born for you and I. Yeah, it had been 400 years. They, they hadn't had any word from the Lord. It was spiritual drought. There was a dry season. They had gotten caught up in religious rituals and, and rites. They were doing their sacrifices. They were doing all the right things. But there was nothing, no word from the Lord. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> these shepherds, Going about, some say they were, they were watching, those shepherds were keeping watch over the sacrificial lambs. But these shepherds who were watching over these, these sheep in the field, all of a sudden an angel appeared and said, I bring you great tidings, good tidings of great joy unto you, unto us, unto you is born this day a Savior. And I tell you today that this message is still being proclaimed today unto you. This day is born a Savior. Today unto you. This is a personal message for you and I. Unto you, unto me is born a Savior this day. It is the message of Jesus. It was the time appointed of the Lord. It was the day of God. It was in the place that God had foreordained. It was the, the, the way that God had ordained this baby came and was born. This is the hope that we have. Hebrews says in Hebrews 6.19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. This, this is the hope that you and I have, that Christ was born for me, that Christ became a baby boy for me. He was born of a virgin for me. And Matthew chapter 12, verse 18 through 21 says, Behold, my, sermon, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And in his name the Gentiles will hope. In his name, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, my Savior, in him I put my my hope. In Him I have this steadfast hope that anchors my soul. When hell and high water are rolling all about us, when life and circumstance are happening all around us, when the Word of the Lord seems uh, nowhere to be found, I have this anchor of my soul that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin for me. Yeah, this is our hope. Colossians chapter 1 verses 21 through 23 says, In you who were once alienated, alienated. 
been in Louisiana a little too long, alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless, above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. This gospel message, I bring you great tidings, great tidings, great tidings, good tidings of great joy I bring to you this day. I bring to you today out of, out of the word of the Lord, good tidings of great joy. Last week we talked about the joy of the Lord. This is the joy. This is the hope that you and I have that Jesus Christ was born for me. He was born for you in this city. They said, in this city of David, a Savior who is Christ the King. You know, in Billy Graham's Advent devotional, he, he tells the story of, of moms during the World War II that they would have pictures on their mantles of the, of the dads who were away at the war. And, and the mom would show the kids their father's picture and talk about their dads who were away at war to keep the memory of their fathers alive. And, and one day a little boy asked his mom and said, Mom, wouldn't it be great if dad could just come out of the picture frame? And that's exactly what Jesus did. He came. He stepped out of the picture frame for you and I. He became reality for me and for you. We sing the song. Maybe you can sing it with us. Away. Grace, you can help me. Let's put the words. Away in a manger. No crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. In the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Next verse, the cattle. The A baby awakes. No crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus. Look down from the sky and stay by my cradle till morning. Is nigh. Verse 3. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me. I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender. And fit us for heaven to live with thee there. <laughs> Woo, amen. Amen. Away in a manger, this little baby, Jesus, born for you and I. He is our Savior. He was born for me, my Savior. He came and he condescended his own glory. He came and humbled himself. This Jesus, who was fully God, came and humbled himself, emptied himself. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, 
That word form in the Greek is, is not necessarily a shape that we often think of. It's form as in, um, let me give you this example. If I, if I go to a tennis match and I say someone, the winner, man, that was a great tennis match. And that tennis player did a great job. He had excellent form. We're not talking that tennis player had an excellent form, physical body. He had excellent skill. He had the ability to win the match. He was excellent in his display of his tennis ability. That is the form which is being talked about here that Paul says being in the form of God, the excellence of God displayed, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Not that, God, not that Jesus was stealing anything from God. He, he considered that word robberies. He considered the facts. He, he understood what it meant that he possessed within himself the full qualities and nature of God. He considered the excellency of the glory of God and the majesty that he himself had. He considered these things. He considered these things. And, and then considering them made himself of no reputation. He considered that he was God. He was fully God. He considered that he, he was the outshining, the excellence of the Father. He considered these things. And considering them, he didn't hold on to them. He was willing to humble himself. He made himself of no reputation. Taking on the form, that word form again of a bonser. He expressed himself. He expressed the innermost nature and character of himself as a bondservant. He came as a bondservant for you and I. He humbled himself. He didn't give up his deity. He was still fully God and yet was fully man. He came and took on the nature. He expressed himself in the nature of a bondservant. Coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Yeah, he came, he humbled himself, he humbled himself, the creator of all things, the God of the universe, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, stepped into his very creation, not as a king, not as a ruler. He came not as, a, not as an extravagant warrior, not as an extravagant king. He came as a baby. He was born as a baby and a stable for me and for you. He humbled himself. He, he was willing to give up, to lay aside the excellence of all the things that he enjoyed in heaven. To come as a man, to be born of a virgin for me and for you. He came and he began to do what babies do. He cried. He needed his mama to take care of him. He needed to be tended to. He was a baby. He was a child. He didn't come manipulating kings and kingdoms. He didn't come as a ruler to take charge and manipulate people by their emotions. No, he came as a little baby, innocent. Yeah, it shows us the, the wonderful glory of God that, that he doesn't need the extravagance. He doesn't need the, the pomp and the, and, the, and the expression of valor and honor. He came as a baby. Willing to be born of a virgin for you and I. That he might come to die on the cross. That he might come and become our, our, our propitiation, our sacrifice. That he could justify us. That he could redeem us. That he could bring us back into the presence of God. Yeah, he came under the law. Jesus came. He was born 
as a man under the law, the very law of sin and death that controlled us from Adam's sin, the moment when Adam sinned, the moment when Adam sinned and and the covenant with God was broken and we became cursed under this law of sin and death. Jesus came and was born under this same law for you and I. He was born under the law of sin and death for us so that he could break the power, that he could break the curse of that law. He had to be born under the law so that he could break the curse. Yet, even though he was born under the law of sin and death, he himself knew no sin. He didn't live in sin. He was perfect in all of his ways, and yet he came. He was born and he died perfect and sinless. God's, the word says that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for you and I. Yeah, that's what Jesus did. He came. He was born of a virgin. He came. He was born not as a king or mighty ruler. He came as a baby under the curse of the law for you and I. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, Born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Hallelujah. 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 That I I was in darkness. I was in sin. I was in despair. Before I was ever born. Before I was ever created in the natural. God knew me. And he sent his son to die for me. He sent his son to become my sacrifice. That I might be redeemed from the curse of the law, that I might become adopted as a son of God. You and I are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You and I have been adopted in. We've been brought in because of Jesus' birth, because of his redemption. You and I have been brought in, adopted as sons of God. Romans 8, 3 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man. Thank you, Jesus, that I am redeemed, that I have been born again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. I bring good tidings of great joy. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. This is Jesus. Yeah, consider him today. Consider this baby that was born in a manger for you. Consider this, this baby who came, who came weak who came needing to be nurtured and taken care of, who came under the law, who willingly humbled himself and became a bondservant for you and I. This, this is Jesus. The angel said, this, this is Jesus. This is the Savior. Into you this day is in the city of David is born a Savior. This is your Savior today. Consider your Savior. Consider Jesus your Savior today. He was born for you and I. Yeah, the angel said he was, he was Jesus. He was our Savior. But he was also the Christ. Some translations say he was the Messiah. It means he was the anointed one. He was the one anointed by God. In Acts chapter 10, in verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went, ab- who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Yeah, he was anointed. Jesus came anointed by God, anointed to minister. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 at the start of his ministry, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Say anointed. 
That was about half the crowd. He has anointed me (laughs) to preach. What What was Jesus so anointed to do? To preach the gospel to the poor. Is anybody poor in here? Poor in, I'm not necessarily talking about finances. I'm talking about of a lowly estate. Anybody need need the gospel of Jesus Christ preached to them? Anybody need the, the richness the richness of the gospel, the gospel that liberates, the gospel that sets you free. One, one taste, oh, it will satisfy. It will satisfy you. One taste of the gospel, the richness of the gospel, of the glory of God will satisfy every need that you have and leave you longing and hungering for more of Him. This is... Yeah, the message that Jesus came to preach. It's the message that that God anointed Jesus to preach. He sent me to preach to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Anybody ever been brokenhearted before? Yeah. Life, if you live long enough, about two seconds, somebody will break your heart. Somebody will let you down. Somebody will let, let those expectations that you have of them not be met. But Jesus came, he was anointed of God to bind up and to heal the brokenhearted. It doesn't matter today what has been said or done to you. If someone's done you wrong or hurt you, life has let you down. Maybe God has disappointed you today. I tell you today that Jesus has come anointed of the Father to heal your broken heart. Just yield to him today. Just surrender to him today and allow God to come and heal your broken heart. Yeah, people will let you down. People will let you down. They'll hurt you. They'll say things about you. They'll, they'll talk about you, but, but Jesus is your healer. Jesus is the healer who comes in and begins to mend the broken areas of your life. If you'll begin to let him into those dark crevices, those dark areas, maybe where you don't want people to go, where, where nobody knows about it. You've told no one about it. Only, only you and God know. You've sat in tears. You've sat in tears at night and you've cried over these areas of your, of your heart and nobody knows. But I, can I tell you that, that David said in Psalm that God bottles every tear that you cry. He knows every tear that you've cried. And He wants to come. He's anointed of the Father to heal your broken heart. He's been anointed by God to heal your broken heart. To proclaim liberty to the captives. He's come to proclaim liberty to your captive soul. If you're bound by addiction today, if you're bound by by drugs or pornography or relationships or whatever the, the addiction is... Jesus has been anointed of his Father to break the addictions of your life. He's been anointed by God to set the captives free. Maybe today you're, you're broken in your heart, bound by sin, bound by addiction, bound by lying, bound by judgment, bound by fear, bound by what others think about you or failing others. Jesus has come to heal you and to set you free. Amen. Proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. You know, one of the, one of the worst things about deception is that you don't know that you're deceived. You don't, you don't know that you're blind. You don't know that you've been deceived. And a lot of times in life we get things happen. People speak evil. They spoke lies. And things happen. And as a result of the decisions, sometimes 
things done or things not done by someone else, we begin to allow deception to creep into our life. All of a sudden, we think we're never going to be good enough because somebody told you that you're never going to be good enough and deception creeps into your life. Maybe, maybe someone told you that you're ugly and, you know, you just think you're ugly. You might be. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever the case is, deception begins to creep into our, into our eyes and all we see is the filter of the deception, the blinded. Yeah, God, God came. Jesus came to heal our, heal our natural eyes and to restore sight to the blind. And we see that in his ministry. But even greater, I believe, oftentimes is the healing of the deception that we've allowed into our life. We've allowed others to speak deception and hurt and things over our lives. And Jesus is anointed to heal your eyes. He's come to give you eyes to see the truth. He's come to give you eyes to perceive this unseen reality that unto us is born of a virgin. Unto us a Savior is born. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Yeah, not everybody could see the truth. Not everybody saw the baby in the manger. Not everybody saw this, this baby in the truth of Jesus. Not everybody, when Jesus ministered, saw the reality of who he was. But those to whom Jesus healed their eyes, to those whom Jesus came, and he removed the blinders of deception... Yeah, do you have blinders of deception over your eyes today? Jesus can heal and remove the blinded eyes and give you eyes to see. He came to give sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Today, whether you... You know, a lot of people jump to demons here, and, I, and Jesus does come to heal the de those that are demonic, oppressed, and possessed. But more than that, more than that, are you oppressed by life? Are you oppressed by your fight? Are you depressed? Are you discouraged? Do you find yourself weary? Jesus came to heal your life, to set you free, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It goes on to say in, Isaiah, in, in Luke chapter 4 that as Jesus was reading the scroll of Isaiah, as he was preaching from Isaiah, he says, he says, today... The scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Everybody in the temple was watching, with, watching Jesus because he spoke with authority. He spoke with an unction. He spoke with an anointing. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He spoke with authority. And the eyes of his hearers were fastened on him. And he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What he was saying is, I am the one that Isaiah talked about. I am he. I'm the one that Isaiah prophesied about. And everybody watched. Everybody watched what, they, what was happening, what was going on. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to, they wanted to do away. What is he talking about? Who does he think he is? This is the baby Jesus who was born in the stable for you and I. 
He came anointed. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. And John 3, 34, it says that God anointed Jesus without measure. He had the Spirit of God on Him without measure. He came with an overflowing river of anointing. He came. What is the anointing? It is the power of God, the equipment of God to get the job done. He came with an overflowing anointing river of God flowing out of Him. And that same river is available to you and I. He said in John chapter 7, (laughs) you can probably quote it, you've heard me say it many times, if you believe on me, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This same anointing. Yeah, you and I can receive this anointing from Jesus, this anointing from the Father. It can come on you and come on me and flow out of us like a mighty river. Matthew Henry said, by Christ Sinners may be loosed from the bonds of guilt and by His Spirit and grace from the bondage of corruption. He came by the word of His gospel to bring light to those that sat in dark. And by the power of His grace to give sight to those that were blind. And He preached the acceptable year of the Lord. Let sinners attend to the Savior's invitation when liberty is thus proclaimed. Christ's name was wonderful. And nothing was He more so than in the word of His grace and the power that went along with it. In Psalms chapter 45, verse 7 and 8, it says, Therefore God, your God, David was prophesying about Jesus, Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces by which you by which they have made you glad. Yeah, God, your God, talking about Jesus, God, your God, has anointed you with what? The oil of Let's try that one more time. God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. <laughs> I bring you good tidings of great joy. This anointing of heaven, it's a happy anointing. (laughs) If you've got a sad anointing, you need to get delivered from that. (laughs) Everybody wants to anoint in church today with, you need to cry and be sad and be discouraged. We'd rather you cry. No, God, God sent His Son that you and I could be joyful, yeah. that you and I can be glad. Yeah. Well, about three of you are happy about that. <laughs> Let me divert off of my notes here for a moment. In Psalms 126, it says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, has anybody been captive? All about five of you. Well, the rest of you need to get born again today. (laughs) To him who says he has no sin, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. We've all been held captive. We've all been found in bondage. We've all been ensnared by the wiles of the of the liar of the of the devil, right? We've all been captive. We've all been sons and daughters to our uh, dark, carnal, evil nature, the law of sin and death. 
When, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. You know, when you get born again and the reality of the gospel message begins to penetrate your heart, all of a sudden you can dream again. All of a sudden you begin to see the goodness of God in, in your night, on, on, on the bed at night. You begin to lay there and you meditate. David said on his goodness. I thought of the Lord on my bed and I, I sang of his goodness. I thought of, of his mercies that endured forever. Yeah, I began to dream again. I began to see the realities of the gospel for myself. It became real to me. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. Laughter is a good thing. With joy, we said last week, we took a look at this from Isaiah, with joy you will draw from the wells of salvation. Good tidings of great joy. <laughs> your God, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said to the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Verse 5, there's a, there's a follow-up to this. Maybe, maybe you're, you haven't reached the place of gladness in the Lord yet. Maybe you haven't experienced the, the genuine joy of the Lord that flows from the anointing from heaven yeah, there's, there is a joy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about natural, carnal laughing. Ha ha, that was a good story, Pastor. You made us feel good. Ha ha, good job. No, there, there is. There is a joy in the anointing of the Lord. Just like there is peace. You know, we, can, we talk about the peace of God that we experience in His presence. We talk about the peace of God and how we feel, you know, whatever we feel when we feel the peace of God. And we talk about the, the touch of God and how we feel His presence. There is also a joy in the anointing in the presence of the Lord. And, and just, just like that joy, we receive, we receive the anointing, the joy of the Lord. But maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't experienced that yet. Maybe you're still in verse 5 and verse 6. Maybe you're in verse 5 still. Those who sow in tears, you got 5A. <laughs> those, those who sow in tears, you've got the tears going on in your life right now. And every time you turn around, it's tears, it's sorrow, it's heartache, it's hard. Life's so hard. Being a Christian's so hard. You know, we all go through that, right? Like, it's so hard. I, I just want this to be over with. God, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden, you move out of those who sow in tears. When you get the revelation of the anointing of God's joy, the anointing of joy, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. <laughs> those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. If you find yourself constantly crying constantly in heartache, constantly in fear, constantly in discouragement, constantly trying to break through and find victory in your life. The same Jesus that was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor is the same Jesus that was anointed with the oil of joy, the oil of gladness from His Father. And you can reap in joy. Yeah. You can. Amen. <laughs> Just yield. 
He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Yeah, the oil of joy. God anointed Jesus with the oil of joy. Hallelujah. He was anointed. He was the Messiah. On account, Charles Spurgeon says, on account of our Lord's perfect life, he is now rewarded with superior joy. Others there are to whom grace has given a sacred fellowship with him, but by their universal consent, his own merit, he is prince among them, the gladdest of all because of the cause of all their gladness. At Oriental Feast, oil was poured on the heads of distinguished and very welcome guests. God himself anoints the man Christ Jesus as he sits at the heavenly feast. He anoints him as a reward for his work with higher and fuller joy than any else can know. Thus is the Son of Man honored and rewarded for all his pains. Yeah, the angel said, unto you this day is born a Savior, Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He is Verse 11, the Lord. He's ruler and reigns over all things. He rules all things. Hebrews 1.3 says, He rules all things by the word of His power. There's absolutely nothing outside of His control. Isaiah 9.6 says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government there will be be no end. Yeah, this, this is the Lord. He rules. He rules and reigns. All the steps are ordered of your life by Him. He rules and reigns all things that before you were ever born, He knew you. He appointed you. He set you apart. He's called you, the Bible says. He's foreordained you. He's predestined you. He's called. Yeah, these are all Bible terms. That's what Jesus did. He's called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Yeah, this is the Lord of our our lives. <laughs> he is the Lord of all things. He rules and reigns over all of the authorities of this earth. All, there is no ruler. There is no kingdom. There is no nation that's outside of his control or his power. You know, we can look at the world around us and see all of the world just rocking and ruling and, and reeling. I mean, just the America, you know, everybody, we're just going to hell in a handbasket, as some people would say. And things are just, they're, they're rocking around us. But I want to tell you that it is not outside of the control of Jesus. There is absolutely nothing outside of his authority, his power, his control. He's moving the puzzle pieces. He's setting the day up for the day of judgment. Yeah, day of judgment is coming. The day of His judgment is coming. And to those of us that have come to the stable and have accepted this baby that was born, Christ the Anointed One, this baby that was born as Savior for you and for me, <laughs> that day of judgment comes with it. The day of the revelation of this baby that was born in a manger. This baby shall come again as conquering king and lord of lords y'all just missed an opportunity to shout <laughs> this this same jesus that was born i'll give you a redo this same jesus that was born as a baby in a stable <laughs> Someday the Bible says the trumpet will sound and the eastern sky is going to split and the same Jesus that ascended is the same Jesus that's going to be revealed on that day. Those of us 
Yeah, those, that, those, those of you, I don't plan on being in this number, those of you that die, <laughs> those of you that are dead and buried in the grave, you get, you get the first encounter out of their ground, out of that tomb, out of, the, out of the sea, out of the earth will come together those who are believers in Jesus, those that have been born again by the blood of the Lamb. They will sin first and then those of us that are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air with them. <laughs> That's my number. I don't plan on dying. I want to just go. <laughs> He's the Lord of all. I had a moment there for say, I just, you know, pictured myself flying through, you know, <laughs> gravity letting loose. You just need to let, let your mind wander. <laughs> let your mind wander on the things of God. Let, let, you let your mind ponder on the scripture and what the thing, you'll, you'll find yourself getting happy. The same, the same anointing that was on Jesus, this oil of joy that was on Jesus, it's on every page of this book. <laughs> ah, it is. Uh, why, why, why can I say that? Because John 1.14, this word was made manifest and dwelt among us. The same, that same anointing, that same oil of joy, that same, that same healing power, that same delivering power, that same, that same captive, captive setting free power. <laughs> I smell it on the pages of this book. <laughs> I smell the myrrhs and the cassias and the aloes. You're going to think I've lost my mind. That's okay. I have. I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> it's, all, it's all in here. It's in here. If you begin to dig in, the Lord of all creation came and dwelt among us. Yeah, this is, this, I probably should wrap this up. Revelation chapter Revelation chapter 5. You need to get your Bible for this one because this, this if, you, if you haven't experienced the, the, good, the, the good news yet, <laughs> the, the good news and great joy yet, this, is, this, this passage of scripture is one of those spiritual rotor rooter scriptures. If you find your well stopped up, it will unstop it. You might need to read it a few times, but I promise it will unstop your well. <laughs> Revelation chapter 5, and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who, who, who that? Who is worthy? <laughs> Who said that? Did you say that? <laughs> of course, it's got to be one of the folks from Louisiana. Who that? Yeah. Who? Who? <laughs> uh, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Psst, don't weep. So he said, don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, 
the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. <laughs> yeah, the baby. <laughs> the baby. The baby that was born in a stable. He has prevailed. <laughs> and I looked. The line of the tribe. Now, watch this. He said, the elder said, the line of the tribe of Judah. And I looked. And behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came, the lamb, this majestic <laughs> lion of the tribe of Judah. How excellent and how divine he is that he was able to be born. He, he humbled himself. He, he laid aside the excellencies of heaven and he came born as God-man. He came as, as a man and yeah, he prevailed. <laughs> he prevailed over, over sin, death, hell, and the grave. He, he prevailed. He's, he rules and reigns all things by the word of his power. This Jesus, this baby became a bondservant who took up the towel and washed his disciples' feet. This baby, this Jesus, uh, this Jesus was the lion of the tribe of Judah. This Jesus was the lamb that was slain who took the scroll. Verse 8, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. It's a great picture of our intercession right there. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open it. See if you have a problem singing new songs. It's in the Bible right there. Sorry, I just had to, just had to point that out. Even in heaven, they're singing new songs. <laughs> Sorry. You, you are worthy to take the scroll. And open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. Can you imagine being in a football stadium, you know. Just being in a football stadium with 100,000 people, the, the roar is deafening. My office in New Orleans was right across the street from the Saints training camp. And every year they would turn on, inside their training facility, they'd turn on the, the sound of crowd noise so they could practice with the deafening sound of the noise. And from inside our building, a steel building, you could hear... This deafening roar, it was deafening inside our building, the roar of the, of the sound of the noise next door, right across the parking lot. I, and that, that's just simulated. Can you imagine thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of believers, the angels and the believers and everyone together in unison saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, all the everything, all the animals, every animals start talking now. <laughs> Everybody. You can't help. The animals can't help but sing the praises of the Lord. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're all singing right now. And I heard them saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. This is the Lord. (laughs) This, this, this is the baby Jesus. This is Jesus who came, who humbled himself, who came as a baby, who came in the form of a man, who came in the likeness of a man. Who placed himself under the law to become my savior. This is the Jesus who was anointed of God with the oil of gladness. This is the Jesus who sits and rules all things by the word of his power. This is him. This is the baby Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we have hope in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we have hope. We have a hope in you, our our anchor the anchor of our soul, Jesus. Jesus has brought us in behind the veil into the presence of God, has restored fellowship with God. This is our hope, the Jesus who came for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Lord. You rule and reign, the Lord of all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, every head bowed and eye closed. How is it with your soul today? How is it between you and Jesus today? Do you know him personally? Do you know Christ? Do you know this baby that was slain for you and I? Do you know this baby who came conceived by the Holy Spirit born of a virgin? Do you know this baby you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? How is it with your soul today? How is it with your soul today? You're here today you say, I need to get things right with the Lord before I leave. I need to settle things in my heart before I leave today. I need to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's you today need to know Jesus. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Anyone here this morning? I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Anyone this morning? It's awesome. I'm trusting that everyone here today is born again. My question for those that remain is this. What have you done with the baby Jesus? Is he still the baby in the stable and how awesome that is and wonderful that is have you experienced him as Christ the anointed one in your life has he broken the bondages and the chains of your life has he anointed you with the oil of gladness has he anointed you has he proclaimed liberty as he healed your eyes have you experienced Christ the anointed one in your life have you experienced him as Lord of all in your life have you yielded full control to the baby who was born in the stable have you yielded full control to Jesus today no it's easy it's easy as as believers to accept the 
Jesus of the baby, Jesus the baby. But when he sits as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he says to you, I want it all, that gets a little challenging. Lord, I pray for my friends and family today. Lord, that this day, today, the reality that unto us a Savior is born would affect every area of our heart and our life. Lord, we wouldn't settle for just religious exercise and good information. in behind the veil. We'll come a little closer behind that veil and say, Lion of the tribe of Judah, Lord Jesus, be Lord of everything. Heal every broken area and every broken area of my heart. Set every area of my life free. Direct every step of my life. Let my thoughts and meditations be pleasing to you. Give me clean hands and a pure heart. But every area of our life would be affected by the Lordship of you, by the anointing that's flowing down right now, even as we gather together, the anointing that's flowing from heaven. Lord, thank you. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.